Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast from Vital Point Church. My name is Ron. I'm the pastor here at Vital Point. We believe that it's important for people to explore and grow in their faith. And my hope, my prayer is that this message that you're listening to will draw you closer to better understanding how you can live out your faith journey in the everyday life. Sit back and enjoy. Welcome to everyone here at Vital Point Church. My name is Ron. I'm the lead pastor here. And if this is your church, we are so glad you are here today. If you are back from Christmas, we hope that you will enjoy today. Our hope and our prayer as a church is that over time, uh, Vital Point will feel like home to you and that you will have a sense of home in your heart and in your soul and in your mind. Well, today I want to talk about bold vision and what that means for Vital Point Church. Last weekend, I launched uh, our new year with two words for 2023, and it's these words, boldly dependent. And so for the next few weeks, what I'm going to talk about is bold vision, uh, bold values, and bold faith. And my hope and prayer is that this will fit in to your life and you begin to understand how you can journey with Vital Point Church. And if you're exploring faith, you're like new to church and faith, that you will get a better picture of what it means to follow Jesus. As I was preparing for bold vision and getting my thoughts together and praying, I had this verse come to my mind that's somewhat familiar in church world. It's this verse from Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says this, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. What this verse is basically saying is this, when there is no compelling God-breathed vision, people drift and people get discouraged and they live as if they have no life in them or they live for however they want to. An older version of this verse, a verse that I kind of grew up in in an older translation is, where there is no vision, the people perish. It's a little bit harsh, but the reality is there. There's very little reason to live, and we will walk aimlessly through life, almost lifeless. Think about a family that has a teenager, maybe a teenage son or daughter. Often what happens over the years is that as a teenage son or daughter grows and gets older, They need to understand that there is a vision for the family. Because if there is no vision, a teenager will often drift into their own story or they will find a better story to fit into. What families need to do is give their teenagers a better story. And part of that is helping them understand that as they grow, you move from a rule-based environment when your kids are younger and transition to a value-based environment where your teenagers contribute to the values of the home and they even help set those values. And oftentimes what happens when you set the values and you teach your children, your teenagers, that they're contributing to them, it gives them a bigger vision. It gives them a better story to be part of. Oftentimes parents don't make a very good transition here. They don't pay attention to it. And so they continue to try to parent their teenagers like they're little children. And they realize that what the teenagers have done is they've gone off and they've drifted and they've defined their own stories. This is true when it comes to church as well. If there is no vision, people get lost in the distractions of this life and they begin to live for themselves, trying to define their own truth, trying to define their own lives, all the while being distracted, which is a very dangerous place to be. 
See, if there's no reason to, to, for your faith beyond the hour on Sunday, we begin to realize that there's no life in that, right? We end up uh, with just simply a social gathering with more of a meditational or motivational message that reinforces the lack of vision. A vision is vital to the health of a church because it keeps the church from drifting, See, as I mentioned last week at the beginning of our series, I talked about the idea of boldly dependent being our words for 2023. I mentioned it at the top of the message. We drew this out from a section of the Bible called 1 Samuel chapter, uh, from the Bible called 1 Samuel, and we looked at chapter 30 as it's connected to this personality in the Old Testament named David. David is, if you're familiar with the phrase David and Goliath, that's him. David actually finds himself in a very odd predicament in 1 Samuel 30, but it says in 1 Samuel 30 verse 6, it says that he drew up his strength from the Lord his God. What he was doing was he was boldly dependent upon God. Now, the main reason why we wanted boldly dependent to be our words for vital point is, is we realize that this bold vision that God has given to us is going to take a deep dependence upon him, a bold dependence on him, because it's going to stretch us. It's going to take us into areas that we've never gone yet as a church. Some of us this year are going to experience things in our walk with God that are going to redirect us and repurpose our lives. And we need to be boldly dependent as individuals, but also as a church, as God continues to unfold this bold vision. Now, for some of you, you're like, well, what is the vision? Some of you are familiar with it. Some of you are not. So let me give it to you right now. Vision statement is this, to be a multi-site church that reaches thousands of people who are exploring and growing in their knowledge of Jesus and commitment to his church. I love the last part of it, to be honest with you. It's the knowledge of Jesus and commitment to his church because when you have the knowledge of Jesus coupled with the commitment to the to the church, what happens is that his faith becomes vibrant. It becomes alive. But what we recognize as a multi-site church, what means we have one church with many locations, is that we have sensed that God is opening up the door for us to start three more locations by 2027. So in the next five years, we're going to focus our attention not only on the three existing sites, but we're also going to focus on the three upcoming sites. And our passion and our desire is that we will focus on small towns where we can help turn the light of Jesus Christ up. Many of you have heard me say this before, but I'm going to say it again. Many churches in small towns are doing their absolute best, but many of them are dwindling. Many of them are closing. And it's not for the lack of people. People are moving to small towns, but often it's because there's lack of prophetic vision. Why? When there is no prophetic vision, people cast off restraint. There's no particular reason to exist. When we look at what we're trying to accomplish and see, we want to reach thousands of people through smaller intentional gatherings, maybe 100, 120, 200, 250, 300, smaller gatherings where we're passionately outward focused while being deliberate in our discipleship path. That comes from the words explore and grow. So we're passionately outward focused towards someone who is um, exploring Christian faith, exploring the faith. Maybe have not encountered Jesus Christ yet. Maybe that's you. You're back from Christmas and you're in that category. Or maybe you're someone who's looking to grow and, and see a vibrant faith be birthed. Birth. Well, we look at the, the deliberate discipleship paths 
coming together with these two things. So we're passionately outward focused while deliberate in our discipleship path. Here's what I'm convinced of. You ready for this? And this is a deep conviction I have, okay? I have this deep conviction that more and more people in your life and in my life are far more open to faith conversations than what we give credit for. Oftentimes we believe this lie that people say, well, nobody wants to talk about faith. It's, you can't talk, it's scary. Well, you know what? I am not convinced of that. I believe the complete opposite. I believe that people are spiritually aware and seeking. Let me give you a quick example of this. So uh, la- uh, last week, so it would have been like uh, the first week of January, my wife and I went off uh, to a B&B for a couple of days just to get some relaxation and to, to go away. And uh, the Saturday morning, we had the awkward, uh-oh, we have to have breakfast with four people. We have no clue who they are. And, you know, if you've ever been in those scenarios, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? It's like, oh, boy, who's going to come at the table? Well, we all sat down, and uh, I just stepped into the awkwardness, and I just started asking questions. I was asking questions of everybody around the table. It was so much fun for me. My wife, she just sat there and um, was you know, probably cheering me on quietly because she doesn't really engage well with these situations. But here I was. So at partway through, all that was left was this young 20-something couple. And uh, so I started asking the questions and I had to actually apologize. I said, hey, listen, I'm kind of curious about people and I love learning from people. And then she started opening up. The girl started opening up. She said, well, I don't know what you believe about this, but recently I went to a palm reader because I wanted to know what 2023 was about. And it was interesting. She didn't give me a chance to step in and even address how I felt about palm readers. But What struck me about this was a couple things. One is that the kingdom of darkness has such a pull on things like this and these weird, dark, supernatural ways. I mean, but what helped me understand this from this 20-something is this, is that people are curious, people are exploring, people are seeking and trying to find answers. I mean, let's face it. That's why people go to psychics and palm readers and and read their horoscope every day is because they want answers. There's something deep inside of us, right? There's something deep inside of you that you just so desperately want answers for. Well, here at Vital Point, we believe that the answer is Jesus. And we believe that when a person, by faith, trusts in the person of Jesus Christ, their life is filled by the Spirit of God, empowering us, finding the answers and the solutions to the things that we feel on the inside. These longings that we have, these pinging noises that cause us to do things and go places and and accomplish things, uh, it's this crazy thing that we sometimes do, but it's all the while searching. This girl, she was showing me at the breakfast table on the Saturday morning. As something inside of her was searching for answers. See, that's what I'm convinced of. There's more and more people that are far more open to the message of Jesus. Now, you heard me say something a few moments ago, like small towns, and you're like, whoa, Ron, like what's up with the small towns, okay? Where does that come from? Well, I want to fill that in for you, and I want to fill it in for you from the life of Jesus. And what I hope will happen for you is that this will ignite a bit of a fire in you and help you understand why. We're going to look at the life of Jesus in the first chapter of the Gospel of Mark, okay? So I'm going to read a verse for you, and then we're going to skip down a few and look at a few other things. I'll fill it in for you, okay? Mark chapter 1, verse 1. Listen to this. It says, the beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. What a start. What a start. Mark, who's the author, is 
trying to capture our attention. He's causing us to lean in, pay attention here, because what I'm about to share with you is important. The word beginning here speaks to the reality of the sharp edge of something new or the tip of something new. So when you think about the word beginning, that actually connects to the first book of the Bible called Genesis, where it says, in the beginning, God created. So the word beginning is the tip or the edge of something new that is about to start. He says, he says this, the beginning of the gospel. Now, uh, some of you may not be familiar with the word gospel and what it actually means. The word gospel actually means good news. So you could actually say the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. So what he's about to say is, hey, listen, this is not about some old dusty way of seeing or relating to God. It's not um, good advice or three tips to being a better person or have a better life. It is actually good news that has a very clear focus, and it's a focus on Jesus Christ. He's saying there's something new that's coming, and it's going to be how you relate to God and how it's all going to change. See, there's so many things about the gospel that I find exciting, but one of the one one of the things that always amazes me about the gospel is this, is that when the gospel is first and foremost, it will often bring change. It brings change. The gospel brings change. See, when a person comes in contact with the good news of Jesus Christ, what happens is that person moves from being dead in their sin to being made new in Christ. That person goes from having no eternal hope to a living hope. That person can go from being broken and entering into the process of being made whole and filled with peace. See, when God does something new, there's life, there's excitement, there's vitality. Mark's opening verse, one of chapter one, is a glimpse of God's heart. God loves to do new things. Out of his creativity, he does new things. And I wonder if that's a good reminder for some of us, or it's a good truth for some of us to hang on to. See, if you've been around church world for any length of time, what happens is this, is we often hang on to the past. And the past often is what we say, oh, God worked back there. God did great things back there. Like in 2022 for Vital Point Church, God did great things back then, but we don't anticipate that he will do new things in the future. But the reality is the gospel is always about movement. It is always about the freshness and the newness of what he's trying to do. We see this actually down in verses 14 and 15. This is where we're gonna get into the nitty gritty of the small town piece. Look at this. Now, after John was arrested, that's his cousin John we're talking about, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. There's that good news word again. Jesus came to proclaim. He came to point people to the kingdom of God. The reality of the kingdom of God is now, but not yet. It is something that we can taste and be part of, but will not be fully experienced and known until Jesus Christ returns. But here's what I want us to pay attention to. It's the little phrase and the little line, Jesus came into Galilee. It's such a brilliant line. I love that little line. He came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel. Did you know that Galilee, in the region of Galilee, 
there was about 200 plus small towns that made up this particular region. And Jesus spent the vast majority of his life growing up in this area, and he spent the vast majority of his three plus years uh, ministering in this particular area. Now think about Jesus' life for a minute. We just celebrate his birthday, Bethlehem. He was born in a small town. They say it was roughly between 300 and 1,000 people, okay? Uh, they say that he grew up in Nazareth, and you've probably maybe heard the phrase that says nothing good comes from Nazareth. Well, the reason is, is because it's Nowhereville. Like, it's literally Hickville. Like, people would have said, you're a redneck if you're from Nazareth. See, Jesus prioritized small towns in this reason, and my guess is, is because oftentimes the small towns get overlooked, and that's why he spent the majority of his time there. Plus, I would build a case that when you read the Bible, you begin to realize that the small towns were more receptive to the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel and the kingdom of God, than any other setting. Why? We see, that, that we see it from the people's response when Jesus came from town to town. Like, legit. Like, there's this one time in Capernaum where he's actually, uh, he goes and heals Peter's mother-in-law. And no mother-in-law jokes there, please. No, don't do it. Stay away. It's a fresh new year. Stay away from the mother-in-law jokes, okay? But when, when Peter's uh, mother-in-law is healed, it is recorded for us in Mark that actually that evening, people brought more people to Jesus to be healed, and he cast out demons from these people. Like So there's this interest, there's this small, small town environment where the message in the kingdom of God can spread faster and quicker in the sense of there's something happening here and people are drawn to him. Matter of fact, a little bit farther down in the, in the reading of Mark chapter 1, there's an incredible incident where Jesus gets up early in the morning and he goes off to pray and he's listening to get his instructions from his heavenly father and disciples come to look for him and they want him to come back into town because there's so many more needs. Look what he says. This blows my mind. Mark chapter 1 verse 38, 39. Let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also. For this is why I came here out. And he went throughout Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. Jesus' passion is for the towns. And it's evident as what he did in these particular towns. He revealed, ready for this, he revealed the kingdom of God and the gospel through healing and casting out demons and meeting the needs of those who came in contact with him. What he was doing was he was reinforcing the mission of why he came to reveal the kingdom and to show us the path into that kingdom of heaven. But he showed us that by demonstrating his focus on people. Here's what I sense for us as a church as it's connected to the bold vision. I believe that Jesus is once again walking through small towns He's walking the main strip. Like every small town has a main strip. And he's walking through the small towns and he's putting down footprints. And when he gets to the other side, he turns and he looks and he says, follow me. And then he says, be my expression of hope and healing. Be my church in these towns. Here's where the prophetic vision comes in. Please stay with me here. 
See, I don't believe that the impact of Vital Point Church locations will be the size of the Sunday gathering, although that will be an important part of it. It will not just be about the amount of people that are on serving teams, discovering their spiritual gifts, and in connect groups, learning how to be a family. I believe this, that the, that the prophetic vision that God has given to us will be realized when we see the power of Jesus healing once again as he did when he walked in the region of Galilee. I need to say that again. It will be seeing the power of Jesus healing as he did when he walked in the region of Galilee. I got to tell you, when I wrote that down in my study and my prayer time, I wrote these words, yikes, are you serious? See, it's not just simply about a great Sunday morning where we come together and engage in worship. Yeah, that's important. It's not just sitting under biblical sound, te- sound biblical teaching. Yeah, that's important. It's about learning what it means to be a family set apart. But what I realized is this, is that when the church is functioning in the way that Jesus demonstrates for us as he went from small town to small town is this. There will be a decrease in drug and alcohol abuse in these towns because people are encountering Jesus. It will be people finding wholeness in their minds and in their souls. It'll be a place where chains of demonization are broken and the kingdom of darkness is pushed back. It will be a place where Teenagers and children begin to find a new reason to live. I believe that the impact of this is way deeper than what I realize. See, I see our three locations right now, Poplar Hill, uh, Exeter, and Clinton. I see the power of this already happening. And what I recognize is that in our next three sites, God's willing in this, God's will in this, in the next three sites, that we will see a deep impact as Jesus begins to heal and reveal his power and his presence. I want you to imagine this. Jesus is going from town to town to town. I must go to the next town. The needs are here, yes, but there's more towns to go to. What was it doing to his disciples, his inner circle? Like what was it doing to the men and women that gave up everything to follow Jesus? What it did to them, it increased their dependence on the Father. They saw the transformation. They realized that there was something powerful that was happening here and they were deeply dependent on him. Imagine what it would look like for more and more people to experience the healing power of this good news that we've been talking about. Jesus was committed to the towns and he went from town to town. Now, last week, I mentioned something in the message that some of you caught and asked, have been asking me about. I have an announcement for us today as it connects to the bold vision, and it's this. It's an important announcement. This is for everybody across Vital Point Church. On March 3rd, we are hosting what is called Vision Builder Gala. Vision Builders Gala. You ask, what is that? Gala, do I dress up? All, all that information is going to come out eventually because all I want you to know is that we're going to have a gathering Friday night, March 3rd, and I want you to take out your calendar. If you've got a paper calendar like my wife does, just take it out, write it in, Gala, March 3rd, Friday night, and then if you've got your phone, take it out right now, and I want you to write down Vision Builders Gala because what I believe is that God wants us to release kingdom resources to fuel this bold vision. 
And what I want you to know is I'm going to unfold more of this over the next couple of weeks to give you little teasers as to why you don't want to miss the Vision Builders Gala. I'm going to put it right on the screen. Vision Builders Gala. Like, boom, there it is in front of you, March 3rd. Write it down. Put a, Get a pen right on your palm of your hand. This is the first Palm Pilot, I guess. Just write it down. Do your thing. Get a babysitter. Book it now. You don't want to miss it. Here's how I want to end. Here's how I want to end. Here's what I need us to get as a church. The gospel is potent when it is proclaimed. People's lives are changed. Eternities are transformed. The miracle of the gospel is more than just celebrating Easter, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is literally the good news that brings life to us. It transforms us. It's vital to who we are. When the gospel is proclaimed, lives change. Now here's the interesting part. We've got to look at Jesus again. Before Jesus ascended back to the Father, he said this in John 14. Brace yourself. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. I mean, talk about a bold vision that Jesus gave his disciples. Whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. Wait a second. Jesus was healing. He was casting out demons. He was teaching. He was relying upon the Spirit to do these things, greater works. I mean, can you fathom this right now? Can you understand the depth of this right now? I mean, his disciples in that moment, they were probably excited. They were probably terrified. They were probably fired up. They were like, oh my goodness, this is no ordinary sacrifice. I'm going to commit myself to something that is bold. And I will need to be boldly dependent. It is possible that in 2023, it is very possible that we will see the healing power of Jesus Christ. We will see in 2023 people's faith renewed. Those who have deconstructed and walked away and destroyed their faith, we will see some of those return because Jesus, by his spirit, desires to heal and to do the miracles again. This might be hard to imagine, but it is true. Jesus desires to reveal his kingdom once again through the miracles of transformation and healing. I'm believing that towns and neighborhoods will see the kingdom of heaven once again. Jesus said, let us go to the next towns for I have more miracles to do. Why? Is because Jesus was passionate about people. May we be a church that holds tightly to the vision, this bold vision that God has given to us that uniquely fits who we are. And may we trust with a boldly dependent spirit on the one who has given us this vision.